All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish and 0-1 with the low score of the week, Matt Kozlowski from the Denver Desert Dogs. Joining me tonight, the newly minted 35-year-old, right? That's right. Shane Stein. 35 years, 35 years ago you were born, and 10 years ago I asked my wife to marry me. Same day. Same day. The 14th. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling, uh, feeling a little old. You're feeling it? Getting up there, yeah, 35. Feeling, uh, feeling old. I think uh, Phil's traveling this week, so it's just me and you. Yeah, well, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think Phil's, uh, Phil on the road. He's not able to make it, so we're going to have to make do here. Thought we might get a big dog at Mitchum sighting, but, uh, like we're out of luck here tonight on that as well. Yeah, the two and one, the Chamonix skins are prepping for North Penn this week, so it's their big rivalry game, and North Penn's always tough. So I think you've been putting in a lot of hours, and you know we all have lives lives to live. Sorry that I haven't gotten a weekly write up yet. I'm gonna try and do it tomorrow. It's been a week, man. We've had people on vacation at work for like every week for four weeks straight, and it's just been it's been fun. So. I'm due for some time off, but, um, so I'm going to try and get that done tomorrow. Um, but you have probably have trivia for us. I do. I do. Um, a little rotating door here trying to figure out who's going to be on the show tonight so that I know, uh, when, the, when Ed's on, I gotta kind of limit my, my options of, Ed, Ed hates my, uh, league-wide stuff, trivia. Gotta, I know his, his interests are only... Or Steelers, Florida State, very uh, very specific things. So wasn't sure it was going to be you and Phil, you and Ed, or just you alone. But since it's you, just you alone, I have a, I have a couple couple short ones here. We won't have to actually one short one and one uh, one that you'll enjoy. But so the first one here is I'm uh, just just rumbling through some things. So far, Matthew Stafford is current has currently thrown a touchdown pass in 19 straight games. There are only two quarterbacks in the NFL that have a longer current streak. Alright. 19 straight games. I feel like this is a complete setup. Um, because there's one name I really want to say and I feel like it's easy. Thomas Brady. Tom Brady's not on the list. Okay. Um, reason for every question, right? There's a reason for every question, yeah. I feel like Lamar might be on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is not on this okay. list. Okay, alright. Rushing touchdowns don't count. Yeah, he throws for a bunch, though. <laughs> um, alright, so... 19 straight games. That is all of last season and week one. And then the last game of the 2020 season. So. At the very least, yes. This includes playoff games. This does not include playoff games. Oh, okay. Alright, so. I guess they could have missed some time if they were hurt, too. What about RW1? 
Cousins? No, he's not on that. Oh, he is? Kirk Cousins is number one. Okay. 31 straight games with touchdown pass. Alright. Kirk Cousins. Just thinking of guys that have good uh, good wide receivers. <laughs> so, yeah, Kirk's uh, getting a little buzz for MVP, too, now. I saw Michael Irvin picked him to be uh, MVP. I said, yeah, I think it was last week I said that. There's a lot of people... Really high on Cousins this year. I mean, Ed said it's a draft. I mean, if we're expecting Jefferson to have 2,000 yards, Cousins got to be a big part of that. It's got to be Mahomes, right? It is not Mahomes. Oh, really? It is not. I'd love to know the game that he didn't throw a touchdown in. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it <laughs> out as well. And if there were a couple clunkers last year, they struggled in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I feel like he so. still always gets one, but obviously I'm an idiot. Um, let's think here. How about, no, I know this guy hasn't, never mind. I was going to say Matt Ryan, but I know he's had some really bad games with the Falcons. Um, Derek Carr. It is not Derek Carr. Is it Herbert? It is Herbert. Yeah. Okay. Watching him tonight. Yeah, a really nice quarterback matchup here on Thursday night. Justin Herbert's 22 straight games going into, well, 23 now, after just throwing that touchdown there. I, I also can't believe, oh, Josh Allen had that game against the Patriots last year. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That dude's, him and Herbert are incredible. Just beasts. I mean, mm-hmm. just absolute beasts. Allen, I mean, especially, I mean, he gets the bonus of the rushing yards as well. I mean, it's just a fantasy dream. But got one more here for you. You asked for it. I provide it. Um, your guy, just on an incredible run right now, chasing towards 700, Mr. Albert Pujols. Um, just doing some special stuff this year for, for how old he is and pretty incredible. But um, just looking – and you don't even need to ask me for trivia for me to love looking at some Albert Pujols stats. I love just ciphering through them. They're incredible. Um so it was actually enjoyable. But anyway, Albert Pujols has had 12, 10 straight to start his career, which is absurd, and 12 total, 30 home run, 30 plus home run, and 100 RBI season in the same year. There are only 10 other players in Major League Baseball history that have had 10 of those seasons in their career. He had 10 straight to start his career. So, a little baseball history here, but I mean, obviously, you should be able to come up with some of these names. Yeah. Looking for the other 10 guys. And also, who else is good for a tie? A tie for second is 12 total. There's only one player with more seasons of 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. All right. Well, I think I'd have to start with Hammer and Hank. Hank Aaron did it 10 times. He was just really good every single year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm surprised he only did it 10. Yeah, I know. That was, that was actually really surprising to me. Um, I feel like A-Rod should be on this list. A-Rod's number one. Did it 14 times. Wow. Um, guy obviously catches a lot of shit, and rightfully so, but he was pretty incredible. <laughs> I love looking at his stats, too. 
How about Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds on the list did it 11 times. I don't know what the RBI numbers were like back in the day, but I feel like Babe Ruth should be here. Babe Ruth did it 12 times as well, same as Mr. Pools. Alright, so those were obviously the low-hanging fruit. Um, how about Frank Robinson? Frank Robinson, not on the list. Good guess, though. Um, let's see where he was at. I think I feel like he was pretty close. I think he had seven. So, a bunch of, uh, actually, only one of these guys, two of these guys are from a long time ago. The rest are uh, one active, and just a couple that were just recently retired a little bit ago. Yeah, so I think I know the active player. Um, it's got to be Miggy. Yeah, Miggy did it ten times. All right. Um, I want to say him, but I just don't. I don't think he did it ten times. But I gotta guess, Junior Griffey. Not on this no, list. That yeah. was surprising as well to me. Um, for as good as he was, um, just just, for, just banged up too much. I think yeah. the RBIs were probably was holding down. All right, so I have five of the ten, right? You have five of the ten. That's okay. correct. All right. Um, obviously, no catchers, and I don't think there's any middle infielders on this list other than A-Rod probably that's correct um so probably looking at obviously corner corner infielders and outfielders that's correct um alright let's work through the teams here Jim Tomey not on this list really? I, I thought he would be as well David Ortiz. David Ortiz did it ten times. That's pretty incredible. Because yeah. he didn't get started till late in his career. Yeah. His uh, genetically aided career, but... <laughs> nah, never did it. Yeah. Never did it. Alright, what were the other positions you said? So there's three first basemen. Um, two of them are old-timers. Yeah. Um, one relatively... He was big in like the in the nineties, early two thousand. Um, and then one outfielder. Okay. So possibly, the if it wasn't for Pujols, the greatest right-handed hitter of our generation. Yeah. Okay, so I was gonna say Manny Ramirez. I'm guessing that's the one you're talking about. That's correct. Okay. Manny did it twelve times. Wow. I don't know that I would have thought that without the right-handed hitter guess. Or him. Um, first baseman, I have a couple names. Um, Jeff Bagwell. 
No? Not on the list. Okay. Eddie Murray? No? Nope. Um, old-timer Willie Stargell? No. Nope. Okay. Um... So Bagwell did it eight, Tommy did it nine. Just for some context. I mean, just shows how good you need to be to be on this list because those are <laughs> yeah. a lot of good names. How many good seasons you had to add to uh, to be here? Um, I don't. I don't think Todd Helton's on this list. No. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough name for the other guy that's the 90s and 2000 guys. It's tough to remember a guy. Yeah. Um, part of, because of kind of where he played, he played in two markets that weren't very great baseball markets. And he also ended his career with uh, some steroid allegations. Uh, <laughs> uh, so would that be Palmero? Yeah, Rafael Palmero did it ten times. Okay. He is on the list. And then two old time first basemen. I think of like Willie McCovey, but I'm probably missing some easy names that I'm just not thinking of. There's one one easy kind uh, of easy name. I mean this is not easy because they're both so long ago. Um, but I mean they're both huge names, obviously. Um, Go ahead and give them to me. So Jimmy Fox did it twelve times. Okay, that's uh, a tough one. And then how about uh, you, this guy was a little better than Wally Pip. No, uh, Lou Gehrig did it ten times as well on the list. But so I never think about him for longevity because he died yeah. young. But. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking. At, I mean, just pulls his career incredible. Um, to make it even more incredible, ten of those seasons he also hit three hundred. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, he did so ten times in those. He hit. Hit 300. The only person with more is Babe Ruth. So it's, it's Babe Ruth and then Albert Pujols. <laughs> I think it was his first 10 seasons of his career. He had 100 RBIs, 30 homers, over 300. And yeah. he may have come close to 100 runs each of those seasons, too. Yeah, it was uh, pretty ridiculous. In the 11th year, he had 99 RBIs to add to a little context there. <laughs> and over 30 home runs. So yeah. it's just, just a stupid, stupid start to a career. Um, but. Glad we could sneak in some baseball talk while uh, while the Seawolves were gone. Um, enjoying yeah. the ride here. Enjoying the last uh, twenty games or so left here that we have. Mister uh, Mister uh, Pools is I'd be remiss if I didn't also give a shout out to Mister um, Wainwright and Mister Molina. Three hundred and twenty five starts together, or three hundred twenty five yeah. games, I should say, um, as a pitcher catcher combo. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> Most ever. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just you don't think of like all time records being broken anymore, and they just did it, so that was cool. All right, so we can talk about uh, week two now. So we got some games going here. We'll start off with uh, the Desert Dogs against Abusement Park. Right now, the park projected to win one sixteen to one oh six. Mike Williams with uh, 6 for 84 here early, so just trying to put me to bed pretty early. Um, so he's having a nice start to the game. Kind of thought he would with 
Keenan Allen being out in a game where I expect there to be some points. So I just got to hope, I think, that he doesn't get in the end zone because that would be crucial for the Dogs' disappointing performance for them last week. Only one touchdown. Um, let's start talking about um, CeeDee Lamb and the Dallas Cowboys. So obviously disappointing effort for them Sunday night and Dak getting hurt. Um, Cooper Rush, quarterback for the next couple weeks at least. How concerned are you for C.D. Lamb um, and his his rest of season with with if Dak's not able to be quarterback? Very. Yeah. Um, I think, think you have to be. Um, hell, it was concerning on on Monday night or Sunday night. Um, we talked about it. We talked about it earlier this week. I mean, they just looked. They looked like, and you said it. They look like one of the most unprepared teams I've, I've ever seen. I mean, it's you have all off season. You know you're playing Tampa Bay. You know you have countless time to prepare, like to put something together. And they look like they were just thrown together last week as kind of a, a throw together team. It was, it was kind of unexplainable. I mean, I know the Bucks defense is, is decent, um, pretty pretty decent squad, but. Still, I mean, it, it was pretty pathetic. Uh, and now, obviously, I mean, Dak's not incredible or by any means, but he's much better than, than what they're going to be throwing out there with Cooper Rush. We've seen it before. Not great. Um, that be very concerning. I mean, probably takes land from him. Obviously, you're hoping when you keep him for that, that wide receiver, probably bottom-tier wide receiver one-level player. Um, probably takes him to the, in my opinion, I mean, the bottom tier wide receiver two, maybe even flex territory. So, yeah. Yeah, not great. Um, I just, I, I couldn't stand watching that game on Sunday night. It's, especially after you watch Red Zone and you watch the Thursday night game and you watch other teams that really only have one receiver. Like, the Rams just did whatever they could to get Cooper Cup the ball. They did whatever they could to get him open. And every every play to Lamb was contested. The throws were bad behind him. Then you watch like Justin Jefferson, and he's somehow wide open every play. <laughs> and obviously, Thielen is better than whatever is running out there with the Cowboys. But um, I just I can't understand how easy it is to throw the ball in the NFL today. How you can't scheme someone with the physical skills of C.D. Lamb open. Yeah, there's such a great point. Like you watch you watch a cup. Watch Jefferson. You watch Devonte Adams. I mean, we're watch- those are three pretty great receivers that we're watching right now. Yeah. They are always open, always. Um, they're just incredible. I mean, I might be missing someone. I don't know, but those are I think the three best in my mind. Yeah. Right now, I mean, and you watch them play, and they're just constantly, constantly running great routes. Uh, for your sake, obviously, I hope Lamb figures it out because he, he's a very talented guy, obviously. Obviously, you're going to need him. Yeah. Yeah, not great. So, hopefully, they can do some things to get him the ball this week. But I'm not uh, I'm not banking on anything crazy really happening here anytime soon. Um, going to give them a couple weeks to try to figure out what they have here with Rush and what they can plan. But I'm not expecting good things. But I feel like you have to play him. I can't. I can't. I can't not start him. So, no, no, like worst, worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, over on the 
Parkside, two guys that were not in the lineup last week for the park are Michael Carter and Daryl Henderson. Um, actually, one of them may have played last week for him, but Renfro, I know, was in the lineup instead of one of those guys. A um, little bit of surprise, I think, from some people about Daryl Henderson being the main uh, attraction in the backfield for the Rams. He's got what should be a pretty decent matchup against Atlanta this week. Um, do you think he's the guy, or is it going to be Akers? Do we not really know? What What are your thoughts on Henderson? Man, they, uh, <laughs> some, not disparaging, I don't want to say, but they were kind of subtle, subtle digs on Akers, I think, after the game. I mean, made by, I guess, McVeigh, or I'm not even sure who I think it was McVeigh. Yeah, it was. Um, basically, I mean, and then you, you saw some plays, I think I, I was, I don't even know if I was on Twitter or where I was, you get lost there sometimes, but, uh, of showing basically that. Akers has no idea how to pass protect. Yes, I saw um, the same. I saw the same. <laughs> bad, just really bad. Like really bad. I mean, I think that's probably what they're referring to. I can, I can read between the lines. Um, and obviously, if you want to play running back in the NFL, you got to be able to do that at least serviceable. And he's just clearly not there right now in a pass protection. So till then, I don't see them changing. Um, they're going to go with what's best there. They're obviously another a Super Bowl contender still. Um, not going to put a guy back there that's going to let their their thirty five year old quarterback. I don't even know how old Stafford is, but get back there and just get killed all the time. So yeah, I think Henderson's the guy for the for the time being, for sure. Yeah, I I feel the same. Something that people don't really talk about, but those those pass protection videos were egregious. That was. I mean, just guys running right past him, and he's just running in a different direction. Um, yeah. So that can't happen. And they already have pass protection issues um, with the offensive line. You can't have a running back that's going to be missing stuff too. So um, Baker's definitely talented as a ball carrier, but if he can't do the little things right, it's not going to work out. So I think Henderson gets 10 to 15 touches again this week. Probably scores a touchdown. I'd imagine there's going to be some red zone trips against Atlanta. So um, definitely yeah. like uh, definitely like Henderson this week. Who do you got winning this one? I'll take the park. I think this is going to be a good one. Um, really like it for some of the matchups for the Desert Dogs. Like some of the matchups for the park as well. So I think there's going to be some points here. Um, and I still think your team's pretty good. So I think your team's pretty good. But I think I'm going to go with the park. Um, sneak out a close one. Pretty high scoring. Alright, next game on the docket. Let's start. Let's go over to the curtain against the Seawolves. So far, uh, Seawolves projected to win 102 to 91. Um, Eckler with 1.8 and DeAndre Carter with 1.7 uh, for the curtain. Getting the uh, getting the start tonight at the wide receiver spot for uh, the curtain with Keenan Allen out. Um, been a little bit of buzz about DeAndre Carter. Um, Sky Moore on the bench for the curtain. Wasn't really too involved last week. Um, let's talk about... Antonio Gibson um, at Detroit. We saw 
the Eagles score four rushing touchdowns last week against the Lions. Hertz had one, Sanders had one, Gainwell had one, and Boston Scott had one. Um, do you think Gibson, as the main running back in town for Washington, uh, gets in this week against Detroit? I do. Um, saw Miles Sanders have a very productive week last week against uh, against the same team. Um, and, and Gibson's... And Ed was upset about the, uh, the Gibson bid in the draft, but I mean... As long as he's the, the guy in town, I mean, he's, he's got the backflip to himself. I mean, he, this guy is, he's been pretty decent. Um, I, don't ex- I don't see a reason why he's not going to get 15, 20 touches in it and punch one in this week. I expect big things out of him. I do too. Um, Washington offense looked a lot better than I thought they would. Last week, Wentz was able to do some things. I mean, some of those throws were kind of, 50-50 balls ended up going their way. Dotson made a couple of really nice plays for Washington. Um, so I think you're going to have some, some real Jekyll and Hyde games with uh, Washington, as you should anytime Carson Wentz is your quarterback. But I like Gibson to score this week. Um, I just don't think there's a lot on that on that Detroit defense. So he definitely should be able to get in, especially being the, the lead back and pretty much the only guy. So um, I'm with you on that. Talk about a running back on uh, the Seawolves side. What about Derrick Henry? Pretty uh, disappointing week one. Um, I guess it wasn't it wasn't awful. 21 for 82. Um, but less than four yards of carry. No touchdown. And no receiving work. Um, obviously, you're happy if your running back gets 21 carries. But... It just feels like he didn't look good <laughs> from what I saw. Um, what are your thoughts on the Yeti? Yeah, I'm not going to jump to too many conclusions. I, I think if we, if Phil were here, we'd be like, pump the brakes. It's one game. He's the king of us telling us that we're overreacting. Um, I'm not going to overreact after one game. Um, I will say that for fantasy purposes, it just kills his value that he, at this point in the career, still has not evolved into catching the ball out of the backfield. That being said, he's still incredible. He's been great. But, I mean, last week he gets one target, zero catches. I mean, he just has nothing to his game. It's, it's literally like Adrian Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's basically what you're dealing with. I mean, Peterson had well noted that he basically had stone hands, couldn't catch the ball, but... I mean, you give him the ball 25, 30 times a game, and he's fine. Um, basically, what you're seeing with Henry, at some point, logging all those carries, all those 300 carry seasons, it's got to catch up to you, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't I think it's too early to tell on that, but um, wouldn't be surprised to see a somewhat down for Derrick Henry expectations season. I think there's concern about Eckler, too. Um, you know, only 1.9 so far. He's got six carries for 17 yards, one catch for negative three. Um, last week he had 9.2 points, 14 carries for 36 yards, four catches for 36 yards, and what's typically a good matchup against Las Vegas. I didn't know this, but I, I heard some people talking about it this week that Eckler went to the team and said he wanted his 
his usage to come down a little bit because he wanted to try to stay healthy throughout the season rather than running up a big workload. Um, while I think he has the ability to be an efficient player, that's definitely alarming as well. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, for sure. Um, I mean, from a team standpoint, I think that that would be smart of them to do. Yeah. Um, I think you can see the team and see that Chargers have a real chance of, of doing something. Um, there's a lot of talent there, pretty good roster, defensively pretty solid. Um, and obviously, you have the quarterback that, that can win you some games in the playoffs, for sure. Um, wouldn't mind having him healthy at the end of the year when the games really matter figuring that you're, you're probably going to get into the postseason. Um, I don't know why more teams, I mean, we've seen more and more like where teams are splitting running back duties. I don't know why it's taking people so long to probably do that from a, from a winning perspective. Um, probably don't want the same, same guy, your best player, carrying, touching the ball that many times throughout the course of, a, of the season and being banged up by the end, but that's just me. Um, down. Yeah. I will see. I mean, he was really aided by touchdowns last year too, and um, I just don't. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I, I didn't like that they gave Michelle all the carries on that one goal line drive. So um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he doesn't have the two top five backs Phil thought he did, and I don't mean that to throw to throw jabs because I'm sure when he listens to this tomorrow, I'll get blown up in text. But no, for for sure. I mean, just shows how how quickly the. Fantasy can change from and football can change in the running and running backs. Yeah, just changes so quickly. You one minute you think you have two top five guys and you could literally have two be struggling to have two top twenty guys in, yeah. in a hurry. Um, I'll take the Sea Wolves to win this one though. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty close, low scoring, but I'll take the Sea Wolves. All right, next game, take your ball and go home against Nevermore. Right now, take your ball and go home, 113.9 favorite to the Nevermore's 92.5. Herbert with 11.2 right now as we approach halftime. You'd obviously like to see that number come up a little bit. Um, But Nevermore got pretty banged up last week. Uh, Keenan Allen obviously not playing tonight. Uh, he already has Michael Gallup, who's doubtful. Godwin hurt his hamstring. T. Higgins left with a concussion. And Fournette was definitely uh, ginger there at the end of the game. Um, he didn't look healthy either. So that's quite a few uh, pretty good names to, to be banged up for Nevermore uh, this early in the season. Definitely don't want to see that. Um, let's talk about Miles Sanders. Like you said, had a pretty good game against Detroit. He has what should be, in my opinion, a pretty good matchup against uh, Minnesota this week. I think there's going to be some points in that game. And Minnesota, I think, is better against the pass than they are against the run. But 13 for 96, a touchdown, two catches and nine yards for Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders last week. Do you think he gets um, around that 15-point mark again this week against Minnesota? <sighs> Sure hope so, and I, and I think he will. I think he'll, get, he'll certainly get to the, the 12, 13-point range, I think. Um, obviously, you'd like to see him catch the ball out of the backfield a little more, only two catches. Um, but, I mean, when they were, run, they were running the ball so effectively last week that um, didn't really need to, 
to use them that much out of the backfield. But, I mean, I, I think we've all seen that Miles Sanders, when, when given the opportunity, can be a very productive player. Um, and they obviously have a good offensive line, good, just a good roster in general. Um, I, I, I think he does, yes. I think he gets around 12, 13. I mean, obviously you get in the end zone. Maybe pump that up to the, the high teens. I keep him under 15 this week just because I think Jalen Hurts is going to stay on pace with him in terms of rushing touchdowns. He's just too good of a, a red zone threat with his legs. So, unfortunately, I think that's the one concern about Sanders that he's just going to get vultured by just the number of guys they have. I mean, Hurts, they saw they had four, yeah, four different guys that ran for touchdowns last week, as I said, so... Yeah, um, that's 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 for sure one of the disappointing things when you get to the goal line. Hurts is such a threat to, to just run it himself. Yeah. Um, you really need Sanders to kind of almost break one from, from outside the five, outside the ten yards line. Right. It almost doesn't even make sense for them to hand it off at the goal line because of what they can do with the run pass combo from Hurts. So. Yeah. Uh, over on the Nevermore side, um, let's talk about. The rookie sensation from last week, John Dotson, two touchdowns, gets again a good matchup against Detroit. Um, what do you think? Is, is this guy the real deal? I don't watch much Penn State football. I don't watch much college football in general, but especially not Penn State. But I know a lot of people really like Dotson. I know you end up watching, I think, a lot of Penn State games. What do you think about Dotson? Yeah, I, I do. I watch a lot of Dotson. I mean, I watch a lot of Penn State games when, when I get the chance. I, I like following them. Um, not that I'm a fan, but they're obviously always on in our area. They play a lot of televised games. Um, he is a speed-wise, just he's a freak. Um, very fast. Um, explosive plays were, were kind of his um, forte at Penn State, and I think we saw that in, the, in week one that it translated over into the NFL as well so um, I don't know that we're on the way to seeing a star in the NFL but I certainly think that he's going to be pretty serviceable in trying to think of a comp for him um, and is it another Penn State guy Chris Godwin <laughs> it might be it might be I mean I would I don't know that I can think of a great one right now. I was, I was kind of thinking of Deshaun Jackson, but it's not that. He's, I think he's a better all-around receiver than than Deshaun, and he's not quite as fast. Um, but certainly a serviceable player. I think, I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, obviously he comes out of the gate, scores twice last week. Um, I'm not expecting that every week, obviously, but I think there's there's certainly room for him to be to be a, a flex play week in, week out in, in this season. Yeah, I think if anything, what makes uh, the biggest, I think, uh, difference with Dotson is I think we're used to the Redskins being, oh, Terry McLaurin's going to get 10 targets this week because he's the only guy there. That's certainly not the case anymore. Curtis Samuel looked good. Um, John Dotson obviously got some attention from Wentz. So I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway is that maybe McLaurin won't get as much work as we're used to seeing. Yeah. I'll take uh, T-Bag to win this one. Unfortunately, you know, like I said, I think the Nevermore roster is maybe better than we gave it credit for, but just too banged up this week in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think they might get a little boost with, looks like DeAndre Swift might be out this week. They have the Jamal, they have the handcuff there with Jamal Williams. Um, but I, I just think, yeah, the injuries um, can be a little too much to overcome, and, and I kind of like my roster right now. Um, I think my starting lineup's pretty decent. Um, I think we get it done. All right, next game, Team Ice Cream against the Reading Renegades right now. Ice Cream uh, favored to win 110-98. to We got Mahomes with 9.52 here as we approach halftime. Edward Solaire with 3.2 and Kelsey with 4.8. So that Chief stack uh, not doing too much for uh, Ice Cream. Good news is the Chiefs player on the Renegades side right now, Juju Smith-Schuster, has got a goose egg. So 17.5 lead right now for Ice Cream. I'd expect the Chiefs to get things going a little better in the second half. Um, but right now they're struggling to block that Bosa-Mac combo that the Chargers are running out there. So let's talk about um, another player here for the Team Ice Cream. I went out and picked up Jalen Warren, the, the Pittsburgh backup today. Najee, we saw him, what people thought was a high ankle sprain. It ended up not being that. He's going to play this week. But he already had um, some issues with uh, the Liz Frank injury in the offseason and now an ankle potential and potential ankle injury. How concerned are we for Najee Harris? And what did you think of me grabbing John Warren? Uh, I like the pickup because I, I, I was asleep at the wheel. I should have definitely picked him up. Um, picked him up in our other league a while ago um, just because of the Harris concerns. And But I will say, I watched that game last week and I saw the end of the game and I couldn't tell if it was Steelers offensive line being that bad or if Warren was that bad because he didn't look very good at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not sure I'm not sure which one it was. It was his, obviously his first game action in the NFL but he looked a little hesitant to me when he got the ball but um, I like the pickup because it's been well documented on here. Um, Steelers one of the one of those franchises where they're going to give the one guy pretty much uh, the chance to run the show at running back. Um, so Najee goes down clearly, clearly ailing a little bit with some some nicks here and there. Um, he goes down. It looks like Warren's going to be the guy in line for that fifteen twenty touch work. Yeah, um, I wasn't thrilled about. Um, the pickup just because I obviously had Najee last year for the second half of the season and the Steelers offensive line is in fact that bad so you are right about that um, so I was kind of pumping the brakes on Warren I didn't know if I wanted to put a money bid in for him but I had kind of an open spot on my roster so I figured I'd at least take a chance on uh, adding a player who I feel like could have some some startable value um, because as we know the waiver wire is pretty weak but I'm not sure that that it's a great thing I mean I just I can't get excited about Najee Harris or Jalen Warren right now just because I think I think the offensive line truly is that bad so um, over on the Renegade side speaking of the waiver wire here we go yeah yeah so Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. 55 it actually was a good bid. I think the next closest was 45. Um, so it was right there around the number. Um, but he's not starting him this week. 
So, you know, we talked about Fedley's roster last week, and you and I were of the thought that he had one of the deeper rosters in the league because he has actually good players on his bench. Um, and two guys that were benched, I think, last week, or sorry, one, I should say, in, in either Michael Thomas or Adam Thielen, one of them didn't play, is now starting this week. Um, we see Cam Akers go to the bench, still has Hopkins, still has Amari Cooper and Aaron Rodgers, so... A good roster. I really still believe it. We saw Saquon pop out and do some things. Obviously, we don't like Zeke um, with Dak not there. But um, what did you think of the Jeff Wilson bet? I assume you have thoughts. You were you were in there around for twenty five bucks, I think. But yeah, um, I think I, I think I bet twenty four. Um, yeah. I mean, I am fine with it. I mean, I think this was uh, some some Zeke insurance here. That's what we saw. Um, you saw the. Uh, the effort last week out of Zeke, 10 for 52, which isn't terrible, but um, might see a little little downtick in the uh, Cowboys offense here for a while. Needs to go with someone that, that should be a starter, um, try to get a, a starting running back that, and obviously San Francisco is, is a good offense to get a starting running back in. Um, you see Fegley throwing that money around just like he did in the draft and, and going out and, and trying to make a big move. Um, the thing that scares me is, I mean, they're bringing all these guys in for, for workouts. I mean, Jeff Wilson looks like he's going to be the guy, but who knows? We don't who know. Who's in that offense? Yeah. Um, who, who's it, who's it going to be week to week, play to play? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter even because they look awful. Yeah. Uh, it matters, I'm, but yeah, I know you're I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to throw too much into that. I mean, I, I'm... I've, uh, a lot of people talk about how bad they were. I mean, field conditions certainly played a, a little role in that. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about the Niners' rushing attack yet and offense yet. Um, not going to weigh too much on one game that's played in a rainstorm and the field's soaked, and um, I think they'll be fine rushing the ball. Um, Jeff Olsen Jr. has proven that he's a pretty good goal back. Got that going for you, so I mean... We'll see what he can do with a with a full workload. He, he's done it a few times in the past where he's been pretty productive. So I like to pick up by Fagley. Obviously, you need the running back help, and um, really, really can't find yourself in uh, in too big of a hole here after losing week one. You go zero and two. All of a sudden, you're you're looking at a pretty short season where you got to start getting some wins. So you got to go in, got to go in uh, in now. Well, I will pick the Renegades to bounce back. And get to one and one this week. Uh, I don't love the start for Ice Cream. Um, I have concerns about both Kamara and Najee Harris. Obviously, I think Devonta Smith will be better, but I don't know that I love that either right now. Um, we saw Metcalf struggle a little bit on Monday night. I mean, he made some nice plays, but there's just not not a lot there in terms of that offense. Um, and we'll see what Justin Jefferson does. I mean, I think he might be the best receiver in football. He's had probably more hype than any other player um, this offseason. But he gets Slay and Bradbury on um, Monday night. That's going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm excited for that one. So I'll take the Renegades. Um, I think Lamar is a good week. I think Saquon keeps it up. Um, so I will take the Renegades. Yeah, interesting one here. The two guys that were with the most money in the draft that were, were bidding on all the good players, two good rosters here. I, I, I certainly came into this thinking, 
hey, we left week one that, that Spears is clearly the best team in the league. Uh, and I'm not saying he's not. Uh, obviously, it's easy to say that after a 145-point effort or whatever he put up in week one. Um, a lot of that is is the Chiefs stack that he has, and they, they performed in week one. Um, how, how he, he wants them to. I mean, Mahomes, um, Allaire, and, and Kelsey were all huge in week one. We're seeing them put up a kind of mediocre first half here so far. Um, he's going to go as they go. And then he has Jefferson on top of that. He's still a really good team. Uh, I think I'm going to, I think he has just enough. I think the Chiefs get it going in the second half a little bit here. You're going to see 17.9 turn into 45 in a hurry. Um, so I'm going to go with the ice cream. All right. Uh, next game, Bull Weevils against the Flock. Um, both teams sitting at one one and zero. The Flock one hundred eight point nine projection. Bull Weevils one hundred seven point five projection. Um, saw the Flock obviously beat me last week behind DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, both having big games. That's gonna obviously be the recipe for the Flock this year. Um, James Robinson finding his way into the starting lineup this week, and Josh Palmer as well, um, making it in there. He's got three points so far at halftime. Um, Ayuk and Mike Davis. Mike Davis got cut, and Ayuk finds his way to the bench for the flock. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about James Robinson. Were you surprised to see him be as good as he was uh, in week one for Jacksonville coming off that Achilles injury? Um, not really. Not really. I mean, I thought he, was, I, I thought he was going to be the starter. I thought he was going to play well. Um, I'm not sure why everyone was so down on him. I think there's just so much hype on ETN as being a, being a star. And I think ETN is going to be fine. But um, James Robinson is still proven that he, he's a pretty good player. Um, proven that he can carry a full workload for the most part. And um, I think we've seen him with, with some Doug Peterson offenses that the running backs are are, are usually pretty productive. Um, so I wasn't wasn't too uh, surprised with the with the nice outing that he that he put up in, in week one. Obviously bolstered by the touchdown a little bit, but um, certainly did did some nice work in the passing game as well. His teammates also like him, and you know how I feel about teammates uh, knowing who good football players are. So um, I like James Robinson. I, I agree with you. Strike that. I didn't realize that his passing work was, was also a touchdown. That's my fault. That's okay. Okay. Um, but ETN dropped two touchdown passes, so that doesn't help things for him. Correct. All right. Um, Bowl Eagles came out and got that first week dub. Obviously looking strong right now. Um, even though they don't have J.K. Dobbins, no problem. Uh, Kadarius Tony was weirdly just not a part of the Giants playbook at all in week one so those two guys remain on the bench Dobbins may play this week but we've seen Jalen Waddle in the lineup this week um, obviously Cooper Cup uh, Pittman's got a cue next to him but I don't think that's that's anything to be worried about um, let's talk about his quarterback Tom Brady um, we saw kind of a lackluster offensive effort where do you stand on Brady uh, fantasy wise, I think that they they seem to want to maybe play a little more conservatively than they did under Arians. 
in terms of just wanting to kind of maintain possession. Um, but obviously, Micah Parsons is doing some things to make Brady a little bit uncomfortable last week um, in terms of the Cowboys' defense. But I thought Julio looked good. He's definitely missing the tight end. Um, so I thought that was one thing I realized that he doesn't have Gronk there for the big third down plays and stuff. But do you think Brady's a top 12 quarterback at year end? Yeah, no one, no one likes to talk Tom Brady more than me. Um, watched that whole game last week. Um, if he's going to be on TV, I'm going to be watching. Um, this is going to be the last, the last rodeo. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure how much of it was um, the Cowboys weren't doing anything to kind of press them to, to really do much on offense and how much of it was they're playing conservative and how much of it was just kind of beginning of the year rust. But I think the, you said it perfectly. There's no Gronk there. And I think a lot, a lot of it with Brady is, is familiarity and, and trust. Um, having Gronk, having guys like Gronk and Edelman that he, that he was so comfortable with for so long, you saw those guys feast because of having that relationship with him. And not that he doesn't have it, but it seemed like Obviously, Evans is, is kind of that guy now for him. Um, the one that he trusts the most to go to on, on the big plays. saw that on third down a couple times. Um, but I know you're not starting him. Julio looked good. He did look pretty good. Yeah. He looked pretty good. It's kind of a wait-and-see thing for me for in my lap. I don't know that he's ready to crack our starting lineup yet, but it's it was encouraging, some of the things we saw in week yeah. one. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um See if he can kind of build into that, how quickly him and Antonio Brown kind of meshed, kind of roll. Um, it'd be a serviceable flex, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I, I, would, I would say that I would limit my expectations on Brady this year. Now, I'm not saying he's falling off a cliff. I'm not saying that uh, he's going to be bad, but I, I would limit my expectations. Um, that, 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 that 12 number by season end. That's a really good bar. I'll say he, he's in the top 12 by season then. They're so good that he should pile up touchdowns. I just don't know that we're going to see him throw as much as he did under Arians. Um, that was obviously Arians' plan. He'd love to throw the football. Um, Tom still has a cannon. I mean, we saw some throws Sunday nights that still were really impressive. When he gets time to step his set his feet and step into a throw, I mean, he... There's no one better. Still. Yeah, that like twenty, uh, fifteen and twenty yard range. Still yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but I, I was, I was impressed with Julio. Godwin looked great till he got hurt. So, they're still a really good roster. Um, you know, Russell Gage is their fourth receiver. Um, you know, he's he's a talented player. So, uh, I think Bull could definitely look for an upgrade at the deadline, maybe if he's in it here. But this is a good team, and Brady's. Not going to hurt him, um, but I just don't know that he's going to be as good as he was last year for me. Um, I will take the Weevils to win this one. Um, Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman. I love Waddle. Uh, just too much on the Weevils' side, in my opinion. This is a good team. These are two pretty good teams. I mean, the Flock, I mean, the running back with the Flock, really solid. Keep your eye on DeAndre Swift. I don't think he practiced today. 
Yeah. Um, a little banged up, like I said earlier, looking like he might not play. Um, so keep an eye on that. I think I'm going to go Weevils as well with you. Um, I think this is a team to definitely look out for. I mean, you get the 20 points from Cooper Cup, put it in the book right now. It's always a nice start. Um, I guess you could say the same thing kind of about Jonathan Taylor yeah. on the other side. But um, I think I think this is going to be a real close one, and I think the Weevils pull it out. All right, we got about seven and a half minutes to talk about the game of the week, which is the brotherly matchup. Mad Dogs against Fleetwood Franchise, both coming in at 1-0. and um, Mad Dogs won despite a pretty bad effort from their quarterback, uh, Stafford, last week. Storms, Tyler, projected to win 108.5 over Brother Micah, 102.8. We'll start off with the favored Fleetwood Franchise. Um, Cortland Sutton. I think we talked about him last week. Never mind. Curtis Samuel finding his way in the lineup. Let's talk about a third Washington commander tonight. Um, saw him kind of be used in that uh, Debo Samuel-esque role um, where he's doing some stuff out of the backfield, doing some stuff on short passes. Um, what do you think about Samuel making his way into the starting lineup this week over guys like uh, Robert Woods and Brees Hall? I feel like you have to. Um, we talked about it earlier how Detroit could not stop the run last week. Um, Got to figure there's there's some room for Samuel to get some some burn on the ground again. Um, and then eleven targets as well in the passing game last week. So hard to pass up a guy that gets eleven targets and also gets some some work on the ground um, to get a, get him somewhere in your lineup. Um, so yeah, especially against a team that just gave up. 40 points last week or whatever it was, 38 points. Yep. Um, so, yeah, got to get him in there somewhere. Certainly worthy of uh, one, one of your one of your flex spots at the very least. Not going to spend too much time talking about it, but, you know, you and I both watched that Monday night game. Uh, Javante Williams didn't look necessarily great. Obviously, Melvin Gordon had a lot of time, but I was definitely encouraged by how much they used Williams in the passing game, so that's a good sign for Ty. Yeah, it seemed like... Seemed like on passing downs, Williams Williams was the guy. I mean, he had seven catches last week. Um, I'm not sure how many Gordon had, but it just seemed like Williams was was the guy out of the backfield. So, um, I, still waiting and seeing on him because I mean, everyone there's so much high expectations on him. I still think Melvin Gordon's a pretty good football player. Um, I think and I think that's part of the. I think they realize it too. They're like, we gotta get this guy on the field, and they're they're pretty seem pretty content just like last year of, hey, we're going to give this guy two series, we're going to give him one series. I think it was a little more Gordon last year. It's going to be a little more Williams this year. Um, so there should be a slight uptick, but still, still think we're going to be waiting on a, on a full breakout year from Javante until Gordon's out of the picture. Uh, um, let's go over to the Mad Dogs. Cream Hunt makes his way into the starting lineup this week over Damian Pierce. We saw Pierce be kind of number two in the pecking order. Obviously, you picked up Rex Burkhead this week. Uh, you you kind of saw that as well. Cream um, Hunt had 15 touches, but he's definitely boosted by the two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air last week. Um, is it a mistake to put Hunt in the lineup this week over Pierce, um, knowing how much Hunt's uh, situation was aided by the two touchdowns? Um, I don't think so. I think you got to start fine. 
um, somewhere in your lineup. Um, too good of a player, and playing at home against the Jets, gotta figure there's gonna be some room to get some work, and and he should be productive. Um, not not too worried. Got eleven carries, um, which is right about where he should be. Still productive out of the backfield, catching the ball. I think you gotta have Hunt in there. I would play Pierce over Hunt. Um... Lovey Smith's an old school football guy. I feel like he was like the rookie's not going to be our number one running back this week in week one because that's not what we do here. <laughs> and I think Pierce is going to be uh, the guy pretty heavily moving forward. So um, Jets have, I think, uh, one of the more underrated defenses. I think they are my new front seven team. Um, so I like I like the Jets this year defensively. I just think that they stink at the quarterback position, unfortunately. Who wins this game? My question to myself is, is Josh Allen the quarterback on one of these teams? Yes, he is. Well, I'll take the team that he's starting for. I will take the Fleetwood franchise. Um, until that man shows me otherwise, the Fleetwood franchise are going to be tough to beat. Yeah, Josh Allen at home on Monday Night Football. Against Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, against Tennessee. Sign me up for some of that. Um, we're looking at a 40-burger. Um, obviously, Adams, I think, I think Adams is a, is a good bet for two touchdowns this week. Yeah. But um, I, st- I still think it's going to be franchise, and uh, I think it's actually pretty close, so I think the franchise in a, in a close one. Yeah, Josh Allen, imagine if Cam Newton in his prime could pass. <laughs> and that's what you yeah. have <laughs> yeah pretty much um, so yeah really good stuff I know Ty loves him he was talking about changing his team name to be Allen's Army um, so he's loaded as long as that guy's the one taking snaps for him so got two minutes left anything else you want to add uh, no I think we made it pretty good here uh, as a two man show tonight I uh, appreciate you having me on um, looking forward to uh Getting the two and zero at the end of this week, and hopefully get a nice two and zero matchup with the uh, Creamers next week for the division bragging rights. Yeah, I I think that's definitely in play. You are the best uh, regular season team in the Soffle, so <laughs> um, that's correct. All right, uh, that wraps us up for Thursday night. Gonna enjoy the second half here of Chiefs Chargers. Thanks for joining me, buddy, and we'll talk to you guys next week when we break down week three in the Sons of Fantasy Football League.